Hey there, Cougar fans. Thanks for checking out episode one of the Holy City Hoops podcast. My name's Tommy Glasgow. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a College of Charleston alum who started a goofy little CFC basketball blog while I was in school. That blog led to some other opportunities to write about college basketball online, but you can still mostly catch me talking about the Cougs. The goal of this podcast is to go a little bit deeper into College of Charleston men's basketball, but still also having some fun at the same time. It's something I've thought about doing for a while, but with the Cougars returning to the big dance for the first time in nearly 20 years, I thought, what better time than now to start a podcast? So if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. You can also subscribe to the RSS feed if you're a nerd like me. You can also listen to episodes on HolyCityHoops.com. That is where that little blog I mentioned still lives and is still being updated, so make sure you check that out all season. Super excited to have some very talented folks helping me contribute and keep that site active this year. But for this podcast, we had to start off with a great first guest, and I don't think you could do much better than going straight to the man who leads the program, head coach Earl Grant. I got to sit down with Coach, and we covered a lot of ground. We talked about last season, the CAA title game against Northeastern, getting back to the NCAA tournament. We talked a lot about Joe Cheeley's impact on the program, and then we moved into discussing this season. Uh, He's really excited. You should be, too. It's a great time to be a College of Charleston basketball fan. So without further ado, here's my chat with Earl Grant. All right, we're now joined by the head coach of the College of Charleston men's basketball team, Coach Earl Grant, thanks for joining me. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. I was just thinking the last time we spoke was actually last summer, just before your trip to Ireland, which now feels like an eternity ago. Um, it's hard to believe that that's the same season that ended in San Diego. Did it Did it feel like a longer season to you guys? Yeah, I tell you what, time flies. Um, you know, it didn't, it didn't necessarily feel like a long season. I mean, um, we were very fortunate. Uh, we had a, an experienced team. Uh, the trip to Ireland was really good. We played four games, but it wasn't taxing because we played games every second or third day. Uh, third day. And so uh, it didn't really feel like a long season. You know, I thought we did a good job of balancing, you know, giving them some time off and then, uh, you know, practicing a little bit shorter uh, last season. And so uh, I think it, uh, it actually was a perfect mix of, of practice time and having that summer trip. Uh, and it, it really helped us help us to have a great year last season. Definitely. And I want to get into previewing next season, but before we do, I wanted to talk a little bit about last season's March Madness run. Uh, I know you said after the trip back from San Diego, after the final four, after all the coaches retreats, you'd finally have a chance to kind of decompress and reflect on last season. So before we put an end to, to last season and look ahead to this season, uh, what did you think of the, the experience as a whole going to the NCAA tournament for the first time as a head coach? I mean, it was a great, great experience. Um, you know, going into last season, uh, we played in the championship game the previous year against UNC Wilmington, and we came up short. So going into the season, you know, we were really focused on uh, just trying to position ourselves to get back to that moment to have a chance to play for the for the championship and so uh but we talked about you know uh making it to the championship early last year but then after that we really focused on daily improvement and 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 trying to be excited about the process but 
I was just so happy for the city and for the school and for Coach Cress, you know, Coach Kremen, some of the former coaches uh, here that's built the foundation uh, to put us in a position to have a good program. Uh, and then I'm from Charleston. So I was more excited for the city and the uh, former coaches and players more than I was excited for, for me. But I also was excited for our players who had worked so hard, putting in the hard work, sacrificing, buying into what we had tried to uh, build here. And, and they deserved to win because they, they certainly sacrificed and put a lot of effort into it. Anything different about going there as a head coach versus maybe in past years going as an assistant? No, it was all the same. You know, um, I guess my first time ever going to the NCAA as an assistant was uh, at Winthrop and we played against Bruce Pearl's Tennessee team. So when we went to the NCAA tournament this year and I saw a Bruce Pearl Auburn team, I said, well, I guess it's um, you, you play against Bruce Pearl, you know. But, you know, they made a buzzer beater to beat us uh, in Greensboro Coliseum. This was back in 06, 07. And uh, it was a gut-wrenching loss. And then this year we had our chances to win. Uh, we had the ball in our hand, you know, with a minute to go up one or well, a minute and 30 seconds up one. And we had a big three that went in and out. So uh, we were close. We made progress. And so now we want to just continue to try to build a program. I was a couple rows up when Auburn goes and hits that go-ahead three. Uh, definitely a backbreaker. But, um, you know, if there's any positives to be taken from that, I think for Jarrell, Marquise, and Grant, you know, three guys who are going to be essential to the program this year to to be out there without Joe. You know, I, I know it killed Joe not to be there with the team, but uh, to get that burn and to get that experience and, and to play really well, uh, it's got to bode well for them this season. Yeah, I really felt bad for Joe Cheely, um not being able to play in the, in the game. And he had worked so hard to commit to his team and this program trying to you know, uh, get back to the big dance. And then we get there and he couldn't play. And he had two points. And so I felt bad for him, but I did feel like our team benefit from it. Uh, you know, having to play a lot of minutes on that stage because it's very valuable experience. Uh, you get back the next time you have an opportunity to, to uh, draw back on that experience. And maybe it can help you, you know, uh, get to the next round. Definitely. So to stay on Joe a little bit and to take it one game back prior, uh, his performance in the CAA championship game is something I'm sure Cougar fans are going to remember for a long time. Obviously, Northeastern comes out of the gates red hot, goes up big, uh, and then Joe leads this kind of steady, methodical comeback to eventually force overtime. Can you talk a little bit about what you saw from Joe uh, as he's getting to the line and making shots there in the closing minutes? Yeah, it's going to go down. I mean, it's going to go down as one of the best performances, I think, in school history. Um, you know, just on that stage, in that type of game, with the shots that he made and and the um, free throws that he made, and even the decision-making, you know, driving in certain certain areas and and not taking a shot. You know, I know Marquise Pointer had three huge threes where if those guys didn't pass it to him, he wouldn't have got that shot off. And so, uh, so I think that'll be for Joe. It'll be one of his, one of his best games for sure. But just for the school, and that type of game with so much at stake to come through like that, I, I just thought it was amazing. I 
managed to rewatch that game a couple times this summer, and it still amazes me. Northeastern's up six with a little over 90 seconds to play, and then that final stretch from the guys uh, just made all the right plays uh, to force the game into overtime. Yeah, you know, very resilient group. They showed a lot of toughness and uh, a lot of determination and grit. And, you know, certainly don't want to take anything from Northeastern. Uh, they got a great program. And Bill Cohen is one of the best coaches, I think, in college basketball. And so, uh, so you know, they, they deserved some success in that game. And, and uh, they played really well. Uh, so don't want to take anything from them. And, you know, we were just very fortunate to, to make the shots that we made and get the stops that we got. And, and it just all worked out for us. I just remember how on fire the Huskies were to start that game. Uh, they had looked really good in that semifinal match against UNCW the night before, and it seemed like it carried over to the championship game. So you guys get in that hole early, down double digits going into halftime, make or break game to get to the mountaintop like you had talked about at the beginning of the season. So I wondered, in that locker room at the half, what's the mood like? Uh, who's doing the talking? in the locker room? Is it coaching staff? Is it, is it maybe team captains? Well, I mean, you know, they, they have a time, a period before I get in there, uh, maybe five minutes without any coaches. And so they have that five minutes and, you know, I'm not sure who did the talking, but I'm, I could assume it would have been the older guys uh, and everybody probably was chirping about things, you know, but I wasn't in there at that point. But, you know, when I went in, I didn't sense any panic. I mean, there was a, a, Good calmness, very good calmness in there. Uh, 13 points down wasn't awful, really considering that we didn't follow the game plan the way we wanted to and we had a few breakdowns. Uh, you know, the thought was if we just can sure up the game plan and stick to it and it wouldn't be 13, maybe it would have been six, you know, because they did shoot it really well. So we couldn't – we contested a lot of shots as well, but – but so there wasn't any panic there at half. Uh, second half, you know, um, there wasn't any panic neither. I mean, I know we got down 17, but it was a lot of time on the clock. And But the guys just stayed poised and stayed the course. Uh, it was a great game, and, and I was just happy we were able to come out on top. Yeah, Marquis Pointer, like you said, really came through in the clutch with those two threes to kind of break things open in overtime and – and the final buzzer sounds, and I think that image of you and Joe embracing on the sideline, the emotional floodgates open up. Uh, it's another image that I'm sure fans are going to remember for a long time. So I was wondering what you guys were saying to each other and, and what did it mean to get that moment with Joe? Yeah, yeah. I don't think we said much at all. You know, I mean, I think we just embraced each other and, and uh, there was some tears shed, but I don't think we, we had a lot to say at that moment. First of all, we were very exhausted. Uh, and then secondly, it just, you know, it just was a, it was a blur. I mean, it was, we, 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 we embraced. Everybody was very excited. Uh, a lot of people were in the gym, 10,000 fans. And so I don't remember saying a lot. And I don't think he said much at all. I think we just, it was just a kind of a appreciation of all the hard work and sticking with it over the years. You know, one thing about last season is the guys got really good at closing out games. And that's something that maybe your first few seasons was tougher for the younger teams to do. But looking back on some of those wins, 
at Hofstra, at JMU, obviously the championship game against Northeastern. And I remember that William & Mary game. Uh, it was just a bonkers game to begin with, but your team had this textbook comeback. Uh, William & Mary doesn't make any mistakes, and you force this remarkable comeback to, to go into overtime. And I was wondering, what changed year over year? Was it more time dedicated in practice, or, or was it just an experience thing? No, I think we worked on late game situations a lot more uh, than we did in the past. You know, I think that was one thing, but I, a lot of it is happened to, happened to be an experienced group. Uh, we had a very experienced group that been through so many different scenarios over the past three years that, you know, there wasn't a situation that we could get in that we hadn't seen before. So I think it had had a lot to do with experience. But we did we did practice a lot of late game situations because, you know, two years ago we played a lot of close games and we won some and we lost some. So we wanted to make sure we were prepared for, for uh, situations before they happened. But but I would have to give the credit to this the experience of the group uh, that allowed us to, to be really poised in some tight situations. Besides close games, were there any other moments during the regular season that, I don't want to say they were turning points, but maybe times that stand out to you as being essential for preparing guys for that successful March run? Well, I mean, I probably would have to say that playing a tough schedule didn't hurt. You know, uh, that definitely didn't hurt. You know, playing at Wichita State and at Rhode Island, uh, I don't think those type of games can hurt. You know, I think they only help you for uh, playing in a conference, trying to win a conference championship and playing in a, a long conference race. So I think that helped. But then I also think it helped when we went on the road early in the conference and lost back-to-back games at Townsend and Drexel. And so, I mean, I just think that, you know, making sure we understand that, hey, look, you know, we got to defend, we got to rebound, we got to take care of the ball. That's how we've been built and that's how we've been successful, not forgetting that. I think we sh- we kind of re- refocused and recommitted to defense and rebound, and I think that helped us turn it back around. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I was kind of thinking the same thing. Uh, Jarrell gets hurt literally right before the season opener against Siena. You guys pull out that win um, and then kind of settle in. Alaska, you lose game one, uh, but look a lot better games two and three. And like you said, three and three start to conference play, uh, but then you rip off that 11-game win streak uh, through the majority of the conference season. It seemed like a theme last year was kind of take a lump, bounce back with some really good play. So it definitely seemed like the guys responded to adversity well last season, moving forward after a tough game, which maybe helped them uh, lock in going into the postseason. Yeah, and I I think every team is going to go through adversity. I think it's uh, impossible to go through a season in sports, any sport, and not go through adversity. But I, I think the big thing is, it's not whether or not you're going to go through the adversity, it's how you handle the adversity. And I thought, our guys handled the adversity well. Uh, they didn't. They kind of had that Irish memory. You know, what happened yesterday is over. Got to bounce back to the next day, you know. And and uh, they just kept coming back the next day, working hard and staying the course. And and, and at the end, we, we were, you know, very fortunate to, to, to be good enough to be one of the better teams in our conference. But, it, it, you know, every year is going to have its ups and downs. 
but you want to be playing your best at the end, and that's the most important thing. So let's turn our attention to this upcoming season. Uh, obviously, you have an older team, maybe the most experienced or, or at least the oldest team you've had so far, but you do have to replace Joe. And, you know, I think replacing Cam defensively is also going to be a challenge. So what do you think of the guys on the roster now who can step in to fill those roles? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, those are really good players. You know, even throw in Evan Bailey, um, who was a senior that was committed to the program, you know, just in terms of want to see the program be the best, show up every day and practice hard, be a good leader. And so, you know, the guys we lost, uh, they did what they needed to do. They, they, they moved the program forward. But now what they have to do is you would think the guys behind them realize uh, the impact they made from a leadership standpoint and now pass the baton. Next man up, you know, next, next guy got to lead, next guy got to step up. So, you know, we, we do have some experience, you know, with three starters back, you know, Grant, Nick Harrison, and um, Jarrell Brantley. And then obviously Marquis Pointer being like a fourth one. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, Jalen McManus and guys like Brevin Galloway will be able to make the next step. And, and we got two young big guys who've been around, Samba Njai and Osanachi Smart, the second-year guys in the program. Osi's a third-year guy. Um, and so, you know, that's a lot of experience there. They, they understand what winning looks like. Um, you know, trying to replace Joe and Cam, it's, you don't really replace guys like that. It's impossible. Uh, so it's just other guys have to step up and make their mark on their program. And then we had two kids sitting out, Zepp Jasper, a very talented point guard, and Sam Miller transferred from Dayton, uh, you know, good, really good player. And so, and then three freshmen. So, I mean, we've got, we've got a good group now, uh, you know, and it's a very experienced group, but we got, we're working now to find some rhythm and flow to try to figure out exactly What's the best way for us to be successful? Um, I think the defensive side of it, I mean, we, we are who we are. We know what we try to do there. So we're trying to build that, build that up right now. And then offensively, trying to figure out what's the best way for this team to be successful with the, the new moving parts. But, but it's a process, and I'm excited about it. Guys are working hard. Um, so I'm just excited to see, you know, how, how we can continue to improve every day, focus on the growth, um, I do think it's one of the more athletic teams we've ever had. And so hopefully, you know, we can, uh, that can help our defense and help with some offensive rebounding and, and uh, we can really get after it. How are Marquise and Jalen doing health-wise? I think from some of the photos from the first day of practice, uh, both those guys were kind of bandaged up a little bit. Yeah, you know, bumps, bumps and bruises. Um, you know, Jalen, you know, he should be back in practice hopefully next week. And then Marquis Pointer's day to day. He'll be back. You know, I don't can't really put a day a date on it yet, but uh, but I'm very positive, optimistic, and excited about the fact that he'll be back uh, to to help this program and help this team. But but it look like Jalen will be back in practice here within the next ten days. Great. You know, those two guys. Looking back on last season, it seemed like when either one of them could come off the bench and give a spark. Uh, the team became a lot harder to beat. So it makes sense for them to to step up uh, with the losses in personnel year over year, but that leaves some question marks on the bench. 
you mentioned Brev and Zepp and those guys. What are you trying to get from the younger guys coming off the bench this season? Well, I mean, just, you know, be the best version of themselves, uh, find, find their niche, find their role. Um, certainly, you know, some guys shoot it better than others, uh, can make shots. You know, other guys are really long and athletic, you know, offensive rebounds, deflections, uh, just really buying into our defense. So I think, you know, the bench, uh, will be a, we'll have a good bench, but we've got to develop a bench where those guys find some confidence and they really buy into their roles. And that's what we're trying to, you know, work on right now to figure out who is the, the nine man rotation, you know, who is he, who is the guys. And so we know, we know for the most part, uh, who the experienced guys are, you know, but now we got to figure out maybe one of the sit out guys, maybe one of the freshmen figuring out where, where they fit in and, and how they can help the team. So, um, so it's exciting, you know, again, it, the practices have been very competitive. Uh, there's a lot of positives, obviously, it's not a finished product, but if it was, they wouldn't need a coach. Uh, and so, but, but it's a work in progress and I'm excited about it. You know, one of my favorite lineups you would roll out last year was that four guard set with Jarrell in the middle uh, and Marquis stepping in as the fifth player. It seemed like a lineup that could give you a lot of offensive firepower when you needed it and kind of let Jarrell facilitate from the elbow or from the low block, make a play. Or, or have a one-on-one. Obviously, Marquise was the secondary ball handler last year, but now moves into the starting lineup. So do you have someone who can take that role as the fourth guard in a small ball lineup? Yeah, you know, there's candidates. There's candidates. I mean, certainly Zepp Jasper, you know, who sat out uh, six, 6'2 guard. It's a really good point, two, whatever you want to call him. He's more point than two, but he's good. You know, you got Jalen Richard. That was a um, high school kid, 6'4", very athletic, can score, wired to score. And so um, you've got Isaiah Moore, who's 6'9", 6'10", that is a uh, skilled long guy. So, you know, you may go small, you know, but he ain't really small, you know, but he's small in terms of skill um, and shooting and ball handling. So, I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios. Um you know, that small lineup is, is one that, that we we like and one that we went to. Uh, and, and, and I know in our league, uh, a lot of teams like to play smaller. So so um, we find ourselves in the non-conference playing bigger because you run into some higher level teams with bigger guys. And so you end up playing a little bit bigger than as you as you get closer to the conference play, you, you go a little smaller. So I think – because we will have time to grow the team, I think some of that stuff will be revealed, who that small group is. Um, you know, but again, Brevin Galloway, you know, he's a 6'4 shooter, but physical. So, uh, and again, Zepp Jasper and Jalen Rashad. So there's some candidates for it. Um, it's just, you know, figuring out exactly who's the best group to do some of that uh, small ball situations is something that we're going to figure out here in the next Three to three to four weeks. Lastly, just to circle back on those guys that we mentioned at the top, Jarrell, Grant, Nick, your veterans, uh, surefire starters this season. What have they been working on to put themselves in the best position going into this year? Yeah, just trying to be the best version of themselves in terms of you know uh, what do they bring to the table. You know, uh, Jarrell's inside out, Nick's inside, but very smart passer and IQ guy. 
you know, trying to screen better, trying to make sure that he uh, has a voice because of his experience. And then Grant, you know, Grant playing on the ball and off the ball, you know, playing the two, playing the one, uh, just, you know, trying to make good decisions and, and, and trying to uh, have a balance of, you know, attacking the basket and shooting threes, trying to make more threes. So, so you know, they've been working on becoming a complete player. Uh, but then the most important thing is, you know, taking on this, taking on a leadership role, try to, you know, be more of a voice and, uh, and try to be more of a guy that can share their experiences because they've all been in college for, you know, three, four years. Sounds like a plan. Well, Coach, I'll let you go. Appreciate your time as always, and best of luck this season. I'll see you out on the road. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Episode 1. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll see you soon for episode two.